Well, good evening again. I'm not sure when I'll take a break. I might go six days and then take a day off or something, but I'm still reading this particular article. It's um, 20 pages. It's not a big article as far as academic articles go, but I like the idea of like uh, sharing bits and pieces each night. So the article itself is in the Journal of Jungian Scholarly Studies, Volume 17, 2022. It's by John G. Corlett, and it's a leadership framework derived from the IDs of C.G. Young, or Carl Jung. And again, I just want to say I have no special permission to do this. This is just SoundCloud is one of those areas where a lot of people do cover songs for a band or something. So this is something along the same lines. Um, first night I read the introduction, then I read a huge literature review. The next night, uh, that was about 20 minutes long, with three major sections. Um, the last couple nights I've been reading through um, uh, the third section, Young Points to a Leadership Framework. And so from this literature review, it kind of evolves into, well, what's the next step? Well, let's put together kind of an idea of what a framework might look like for leadership from Carl Jung. This is highly interesting to me since some of his uh, theories, again, have had trickle-down effects to um, business-type um, personality tests that have stood the test of time for quite some time. Um, so the first component of the leadership framework was an individual is called by an inner voice to embark on the journey of individuation, the development of personality. The second one we discussed last night was the individual embraces the work of individuation. The third component, the individual having achieved personality becomes a leader. And so that's kind of what we're going to look at tonight. So the third component makes the case that individuals who have traveled at length along the inward journey of individuation, thus achieving the moral and spiritual stature brought about by a deepening awareness of the unconscious, are often seen as exceptional persons, standing out from the norm and eschewing collective values, views, and behaviors. These persons may well be perceived as being greater than life-sized, notably wise, particularly direct-spoken, plainly averse to psychological game-playing, animated by authenticity, unusually kind, and perhaps even a bit intimidating in the unusual breadth and depth of their being. Society comes to see these persons as having attained a natural eminence, in other words, as having become leaders. In the personality case, and we're looking at two main cases, um, the prestige and the personality. In the personality case, Jung wrote that the Redeemer personality, quote-unquote, has extricated himself from the, quote, fatal identity of the group Suke or Psyche. Jung went on to observe that personality is, quote, able to cope with changing times and has unknowingly and involuntarily became a leader. In the prestige case, Young wrote that insofar as the chiefs and medicine men succeeded in identifying themselves with their, person, their personae, they were removed from the sphere of the collective psyche. The removed 
The removal garnered these outstanding individuals quote-unquote magical prestige in the eyes of their peers. So in both cases, um, personality and the prestige, uh, the people who became leaders sort of become larger than life uh, compared to those around them. Quote-unquote magical prestige was an accolade bestowed by clan members on the chiefs and medicine men in recognition of their having heeded the inner call to pursue individuation, taken significant steps along that path and undergone inner transformations. They came to be seen as, quote, magically effective figures. This interpretation of magical as signaling changes in attitude and behavior resulting from an internal psychological process finds support in Jung's comment that, quote, Magical is simply another word for psychic. <clears throat> Jung's relative clarity about what the self is and how one moves toward its realization does not appear to extend to his thinking about when the process of personality development one becomes a leader. On the one hand, we have his unvarnished statement above, quote, personality has unknowingly and involuntarily become a leader. On the other hand, we have a statement that, quote, a whole lifetime is needed to achieve personality. Presumably, he did not mean to suggest that one becomes a leader only at the end of life, as he implicitly acknowledged by stating personality as the complete realization of our whole being is an unattainable idea. To this, Jacoby added, quote, to build the wholeness of the personality is the task of the whole life. What then did Jung, sorry, what then did Jung want the reader to understand? How close was one come, must one come to the ideal in developing one's personality before becoming a leader? Perhaps it is at the point in the leader in the life of the leader to be when the personality ripens to an extent that an integrated leader identity begins to glimmer and people around this person begin to suspect that something special is afoot? Or is it when the work of befriending the personal shadow is accomplished? It, is it when significant process has been made toward recognizing and integrating as appropriate the energies of the contragender archetypes, anima and or animus, in taking initial steps toward engaging but not identifying with one of the several mana archetypes germane to identity. Or perhaps one becomes a leader at the point when the individuation, individuating process has led away from an egocentric stance to one informed routinely and profoundly by the archetypal self. In a 1933 lecture, Carl Jung coined the term, quote, true leaders to describe persons who had achieved something like the level of psychological awareness just described. He suggested further that these, quote, true leaders of mankind are those who are capable of being self-reflective, guarding against projection, and staying grounded in both the outer and inner worlds. He returned to the theme in an interview broadcast on Radio Berlin later in the same year, arguing that only the self-development of the individual can yield responsible leaders. The two 1933 comments form a tight chronological cluster 
with the 1932 personality case and the 1934 prestige case, leading to my supposition that Jung's thinking about the leader during this period was all of a piece. That is, individuation, the development of personality, is the very essence of what makes one a leader. Okay, I don't have a lot to add to this particular statement, this this um, particular um, section, component three, having achieved personality, the individual becomes a leader. Other than this, there is absolutely ambiguity in this. If you try to examine these um, statements of Jung, again, we're dealing with somebody like Freud who had dealt with many, many people, but um, case studies was the line of the day uh, rather than like meta-analysis and things that we have today where we can study massive groups of studies. Um, case studies was kind of the primary method. And Freud and Jung, respectively, had a lot of case studies underneath their belt. So it was very respected what they did. And um, so I want to address two things real quick. First of all, earlier in the, about midway through, we talked about the fact that um, magical is simply another word for psychic. This is something that Jung said, and I just want to point out this. From what I've read of Jung, this is a neutral term. Just like the sexuality terms of Freud were a neutral term. If you think about the time and era, uh, that was just a way of describing the maturation process. It wasn't necessarily perverted in a way we might think t today. And psychic similarly, according to Jung, would not be something that would be super weird spirituality. Um, we might think of it this way. There, Someone challenged me here about three years ago that there really aren't two or three different spiritual realms. There aren't separate spiritual realms for people who are Christians or non-Christians. There's just this open spiritual realm, and there are people who can kind of get in touch with it and people who can't. I mean, I don't think anybody would deny the fact that somebody like Gandhi probably did have some sort of heightened spiritual awareness. Gandhi may have had more spiritual awareness than some pastors, if we're honest. Um, but nonetheless, that doesn't mean he was tuning in the right way to spirituality. And that is kind of the take that I get from Jung when I study his understanding of symbolism and everything, that he's using it as a generic term. So psychic here, I don't want you to be afraid of that term. And um, then secondly, there's ambiguity in the fact that he's expecting people to develop a leadership, and that leadership is a reflection of a person's wholeness, but at the same time, he doesn't expect anybody to become completely whole in this lifetime, and whole means like holism or a complete integration of oneself. It's not perfection by any means. We're not talking about Superman perfection or superhero perfection. We're talking about a wholeness of life developing a holism. And this is by many even today considered to be like body, soul, and spirit. Just integrating the whole person is a lifelong pursuit. But I do also want to point out this. Something has happened. There were leaders that were developed. And these particular leaders were seen as whole persons. And um, 
they had been noted by Young and by his followers. And um, the thing, only thing I can liken it to is this. John Wesley and John Fletcher, who was one of his protégés, and of course Charles Wesley, one of the brothers, and um, maybe even John Whitfield. I believe his name was John Whitfield. These were all people that were part of the original Methodist band that came out of Oxford under the Anglican Church. Started noticing something we might call sanctification, and just like... Um, Young said true leaders. Um, one of the terms for sanctification, there's got to be like 300. People have literally spent their entire doctoral research studying all the different words for perfection or for sanctification. I believe there's over 300 that John Wesley used alone. Well, one of them happened to be like true leaders. It happened to be true Christians. And as far as I understand, this is the understanding, the development, that a person hasn't become perfect in the way we sense that a person has become perfect as a Christian, never sinning. But they get to the point in wholeness in their life where they kind of lose touch with the desire to sin. In other words, it's not the overwhelming desire, it's not the overwhelming drive anymore in their life. And so we would see the same type of thing possibly with true leaders they get to a point where they just wake up every day naturally as a true leader and the ambiguity of whether or not stepping into that role of leadership is uh, is going to face them that day. That ambiguity seems to be gone. So I'm just comparing this out loud. I just think that there are people that did achieve a level of sanctification that John Wesley noted. He basically stated that he knew many along his path, and he traveled over 100,000 miles in his lifetime preaching and teaching the Word of God. But um, I'm not sure that John Wesley ever personally suggested that he became a true Christian or a true, truly sanctified, holy Christian, but he did meet many people who were, in his opinion. And uh, we certainly see the same thing with Carl Jung, we don't necessarily see him at least so far in this article claiming he's become a completely true leader, but he's recognizing a process that could be lifetime. And he's also recognizing the fact that people can kind of leapfrog or jump ahead and step into a realm of true leadership where it's no longer a question any longer. So there's my little couple thoughts. One, of course, on the psychic. Please take that with a grain of salt. Um, Young, Freud. They were both using terminologies that we that would be considered generic during their time, but they're highly charged during our time, of course. And then, um, again, the idea of this ambiguity between a lifelong process versus something that could happen in a short amount of stages of time when someone actually is thrust into leadership or actually takes some steps or moves through some rites of passage, so to speak, and becomes a true leader. So there you go. There's the ideas for tonight. I hope you enjoy your evening, and God bless.